Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're going to preview a short two-game set in Toronto between the Phillies and the Blue Jays and talk about what the expectations are for the series for the Phillies. We're also going to take a look at the schedule from now until the rest of the year and talk about why it seems to be getting easier by the day for the Philadelphia Phillies. And we'll have the results from yesterday's off-the-pole question. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My second year hosting Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. You can also hear me on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. Uh, see me on NBC Sports Philadelphia on the television every once in a while. Catch me around the ballpark at Citizens Bank Park. I'm a credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member. And, of course, happy to be here with you as your host of Locked On Phillies. Make sure you're rating, reviewing. Uh, wherever you consume your podcast, subscribing to the YouTube takes two seconds. Get your notifications when new episodes are posted and everything like that. So you stay up to date on everything going on with Lock on Phillies. Cost you nothing. Takes like uh, two seconds of your time. That might even be generous. You could probably get it done in less than two seconds. And uh, really appreciate anyone who's already done that. It, it significantly helps me out. And it's a good way to consume Lock on Phillies by subscribing to the YouTube. So appreciate all that. We had an off night last night which the Phillies had not had for over two weeks. Well, not technically true. They had an off night with a rain delay in their series with the Nationals, but they still played 17 games in 17 days with a doubleheader following that rain delay or the rain uh, postponement, I should say. So uh, a much-needed night of just scheduled off night. They flew up to Toronto, they being the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, yesterday, so they spent the night in Toronto and had the day to kind of settle in there, which is cool. Toronto's a cool city from what I've heard. I've never had a chance to get up there, but I, I get that. Uh, so not really an off day, a travel day, but you get what I'm saying. It was a much-needed rest of not playing baseball for the Philadelphia Phillies. They've been on a long stretch, and now the schedule opens up a little bit. It also opens up competition-wise. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in our next segment, but it's time to uh, take a look at the Phillies-Blue Jays series that begins tonight, 7.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Weird time there. I guess that's something weird with uh, whatever they're doing up there in Canada. I don't know. whole different country. Don't ask me. Bottom line, 7.07 p.m. first pitch tonight, Eastern Standard Time. And you can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Maybe tonight uh, you want to watch Leo Messi come into Philadelphia and play the Union. Maybe that's got your attention, too. But you can watch that, and you can listen to the Phillies on the SiriusXM app. So just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can pull that all up there, uh, however you want to consume it. But let me tell you why you're going to want to be zoned in on this Phillies game, because you got Zach Wheeler on the mound, uh, facing off against Yusei Kikuchi for the Toronto Blue Jays in Game 1. And the Blue Jays' actual slight favorites, according to the ESPN analytics. They got a 50.7% chance to win tonight, but... Phillies are minus 115 on the money line, so they're favored with the betting odds. So it uh, should be a fun, interesting, tight two-game series. And here's my favorite thing right off the bat about the series as we preview it as a whole. And we'll talk more about Game 2 tomorrow, ahead of Game 2. But you get Zach Wheeler tonight, you get Aaron Nola tomorrow night. If the season ended today, that's probably who your top two guys in the rotation are going to be for the playoffs. Not who it should be, 
listen to the words I'm saying before you jump in and comment. How would you start Aaron Nola in a postseason series? It's not me. This is what I think the Philadelphia Phillies would do if the series or if the series, if the season ended today, because Wheeler and Nola are their most uh, their senior most pitchers, guys that were big parts of their run last year. They've seen them perform top level uh, in the playoffs. So that's where the Phillies would probably have might have to imagine plenty of time for that to change. But right now, that could be how the Phillies line up. And maybe it's not how it not it won't change over the next month and a half what do we have left yeah month and a half of the season wow season's winding down already like 40 games left for the phillies just about uh maybe it won't change and if so will you get a chance to face a playoff opponent right now in the toronto blue jays who are 66 and 54 the phillies 65 and 54 pretty darn even matchup there um blue jays play in the al east tough division phillies play in the nl east tough division i mean these are comparable teams and you get to see what wheeler and nola could look like in two important games later on in the season. But these are two important games right now. It's just a fun way how it sets up to see what these guys could be as a one-two. And maybe it's uh, an opportunity for them to show the fan base because the team still believes in them. But the fan base, as far as what Wheeler and Nola can do, well, you can see it in this series against good competition. So that's a fun part of it. Let's talk about this game specifically, though, right? So Wheeler, so far, his numbers this year, he's 9-5 and five with 3.74 ERA. Kikuchi is 9-4 and four with the 353 ERA. Pretty comparable numbers there. A 1-1-1 whip for Wheeler, a 1-2-3 whip for Kikuchi. Uh, slightly less innings for the Toronto starter, but uh, you're looking at the numbers. I mean, Wheeler's strikeouts are the, the clear determining factor here. He's got 155 Ks on the year. Uh, Kikuchi has 125 Ks, so 30 more strikeouts for Wheeler, 10 less walks for Wheeler, and 8 less home runs given up. So the pitching advantage looks like it's going Philly's way. And that's Wheeler when he's at his best. But Wheeler just had a rough start against the Nationals um, his last time out. Was that the last time out? The National Series? Yeah, it would have had to be because that was right before the Phillies took on the Twins. So, yeah, a bit of a rough start against the Nationals. It'd be nice to see a bounce back from him. Aaron Nola, on the other hand, who goes tomorrow, uh, he had a good start the last time out in facing the Minnesota Twins and taking care of business against them. Maybe you'll see uh, – a better start from Aaron Nola as far – or wait, no, he was the Nationals. Mm, uh, bottom line, Aaron Nola is building off a good start, and you want to see that continue tomorrow. Tonight, Zach Wheeler is trying to bounce back from a rough start. But again, I've already told you about why those two guys are important. Now let's look at the team leaders for both sides as they currently stand so you can get an idea. Home runs, definitely advantage Phillies because Kyle Schwarber leads the Phillies with 30. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., has had a down year power-wise, 18 home runs for the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, nearly double for Kyle Schwarber. Bryson Stott's batting 297 to lead the Philadelphia Phillies. A couple guys up in that kind of range. Alec Boehm up there, Bryce Harper up there as well. But look at what the season Bo Bichette is having. He's got 321 average up there in Toronto for the Blue Jays. He's a bit of a problem for sure. And in the RBIs, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he hasn't been hitting the ball out of the park like Kyle Schwarber has. But – He's got 72 RBIs. Alec Bowman, who leads the Phillies, has 74. So close numbers there when it comes to uh, the production by Vladdy Jr. Uh, offensively. I mean, Toronto's just got a, a solid lineup. You look at some of the other guys uh, that are currently producing for this team right now and just going over to their stats page, uh, as far as average is concerned, uh, Bo Bichette is clearly up there at 321. But Whit Merrifield, 
coming off four hit game in their last time out, the Blue Jays last time out. He's batting over 300. Kevin Kiermaier, 274. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with that power ability, 266. I mean, they got some other guys to worry about. George Springer can still show off a little bit of pop. Matt Chapman, uh, not the player he's been in previous years, but he's got 15 home runs on the year. I mean, he's a guy that you have to watch out for as well. It's just a, a good team, a very good team. And something that'll be cool as well uh, is going to be Davis Schneider, depending on uh, what goes on with him and uh, how much time he sees. He was called up recently. He had a monster debut, uh, showing off power numbers and everything, hitting really well for the Blue Jays. He's batting uh, right now 400 on his short career with two home runs and five RBIs. But he's a local guy, um, local to the Philadelphia area, not to Toronto. So it'll be nice to go ahead and see what Davis Schneider does, his chance to play. Uh, his hometown team in the Philadelphia Phillies. So a lot of fun storylines as far as that's concerned. And uh, this lineup from the Blue Jays is going to be a competitive one. The Phillies have a competitive lineup too. The days of the Nationals and Royals and all that stuff, easy teams to beat. Well, those are over. You're facing playoff competition in these two games. And it'll be a fun little stay in Toronto to see how some of the Phillies' top arms, who have been not the top arms at points this season, stack up. So a good opportunity for the Phils tonight and a good opportunity in tomorrow's game as well. The expectation, uh, is, I just talked about how even the teams are, right? So a split should be okay, and it is. If you win one, lose one up there at Toronto, you'll say, okay, well, that's a good team. You're on the road. You take one, lose one, get a general idea of what you got. I'm not going to be mad at that. If you take two, that's great, and it's an easy series to sweep because you only have to win two games. If you lose two, that's a bad sign. Because that'll be the indicator of, oh, we're playing playoff competition now and you get swept out of Toronto, even though it's only a two-game series. Eh, I wouldn't feel great about that. So one out of two is the minimum. Two out of two would be awesome. And losing two, that would be a terrible little trip up there to Toronto. So there you have it. That's my preview of tonight's game and as far as everything we're seeing there. But, you know, I just said the playoff competition is here now. Well, not necessarily. When you look at the Phillies schedule the rest of the way, it looks like it's getting easier by the day. And I'm going to tell you uh, more about that coming up as we continue today's episode of Lock on Phillies. First off, I want to tell you about our friends over at Ibotta. Okay, um, imagine this. You got a barbecue planned, right? The summer's winding down, and this is a time of summer where everyone's like, oh, man, I haven't gotten to the pool this year. I haven't gone down the shore this year. I haven't had the barbecue and had people over the house in the backyard this year. I've been cutting the lawn all summer, but, man, I, I need to go pick some stuff up. Maybe you're picking up burgers and hot dogs and all that stuff. Well, you're already doing it. Why not get cash back with it? <laughs> with Ibotta. I mean, they'll help you out. They'll make it as profitable as possible to go out and get groceries. That doesn't normally go together, right? Profitable and buying stuff? Well, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're buying. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's really that easy. I mean, the average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. You could throw a heck of a barbecue meal-wise with $120. Get a bunch of hot dogs. Get a bunch of burgers. Get that money back. It's awesome. And you could use it on other things. Like the money you get back, it doesn't just have to be in savings. You could use that to, I don't know, put towards a plane ticket. Put it towards a pool float for the barbecue. Put towards, I don't know. Rent if you're renting. Who knows? But more money is always good money, and Abata can help you out with that. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. Abata, you get real cash back 
that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, gift cards, all that stuff. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you do some online shopping. Ibotta can help you out with places like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and much more. So go ahead and check it out. And plus, right now, guess what? Abada is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Abada. Who doesn't want a free five bucks? Just That's a beer. No problem. You can have a beer on Abada. How about that? Uh, just by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Abada app and use code MLB, like Major League Baseball. That's Abada, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. All right, we know Phillies, Toronto, 7.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. But did you know you can catch every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast on the Sirius XM app? Yeah, just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can pull that up and you can listen to the game on there. Definitely a great way to consume Philadelphia Phillies baseball. we got a great radio team in this city. And uh, go ahead and check them out, and you can check out tonight's game. But I want to talk about the games to come the rest of the year and the schedule going forward because as we look towards the end of August, this schedule for the Philadelphia Phillies, to me, is looking easier by the day. Now, they have the 11th easiest – or, sorry, 11th hardest. Bottom – okay, so they're 11th from the hardest. They're more, they've got a more difficult schedule than your average team in baseball, according to um, – to uh, what is it, fan graphs? Yeah, fan graphs uh, are the ones that – see, the fan graphs or stack cast. Bottom line, uh, playoff odds and everything like that and strength of schedule – or, no, sorry, strength of schedule. I always use Tankathon for that. I use a bunch of different websites. Go ahead and check them all out. There's a bunch of good information out there to use to uh, figure out which teams are in great position. But I was looking it up, and I was like, huh, their schedule looks pretty easy. And I checked that, and I said, okay, well, the numbers don't show it's easy, but let's run through the series that the Phillies have the rest of the way as they come down the home stretch. They got these two against Toronto, a playoff team. Okay, cool. But then you go to Washington and face the Nationals for three. You know how to take care of business against them. You actually had the Williamsport for one of those. And you'll face the Nationals in a Little League Classic game. But those are all very winnable games. Then you play the Giants, who, while they are a playoff opponent, are below you in the standings right now. And they've got to come to Philly. I think the real trouble earlier in the series, uh, in the season when you got swept out of San Francisco was the Phillies just don't play well in San Francisco for whatever reason. But that would be a huge series to prove uh, how good you can be. A little bit of a difficult one there. Then you get the Cardinals, who stink for three games. You get the Angels, who stink and have been falling apart since the trade deadline for three games here in Philly. Otani will come here, which means the crowd will be rocking, which means advantage Phillies, that home field advantage at Citizens Bank Park will be huge. So the end of the month, rounding it out with Angels, Cardinals, Giants, Nationals, let's go. Give me that anytime. As you head into September, uh, you play the Brewers, who, yes, they're leading the NL Central, but they're 65-54. and 54. I mean, that's a team that's beatable for sure. You handled them earlier this season when you saw them. Padres. You get three games against them. Padres have been falling apart. Uh, they nearly sold at the deadline. They're probably not going to be a playoff team. You get the Marlins in Philly for three. The Marlins have been kind of figuring it out lately, but they're still a team that's not as good as you. And then where, where it gets interesting, you get three against the Braves, right? So that that's a little bit tough. But then you get the Cardinals for three more. Braves for three more. But then the Mets for four games. The Pirates for three games. The Mets for two more games. The Mets are terrible. The Pirates are tanking. I mean, you can't listen to some of these teams. Mets, Pirates, Mets, Cardinals, um, Cardinals again, Padres, uh, Angels, teams like that, Nationals. It's just – I think the fact that the Braves are so good – 
because what the strength of schedule looks at that I uh, the website I use, they look at the winning percentage of opposing teams. And I think the Braves winning percentage is just so high that it brings the average up and you play them seven times. But outside of the Braves, you don't really have a series that you should be expected to lose the rest of the way. The Phillies should be favored in every series not playing Atlanta the rest of the season, unless something crazy happens with the pitching rotation or anything like that. But it looks like an easy path for me. I'm willing to say right now that the Philadelphia Phillies are a lock for the playoffs. I've been saying that they're a playoff team for months, but now the numbers are starting to back it up. They have like an 86-something percent chance to make it in, uh, which is eighth best in baseball, I believe, last time I checked. Six best odds to win the World Series, though, because the National League's a little bit easier. Uh, they just they have an easier end of the schedule than some teams. I think it's even easier than the numbers would suggest because you just look at the quality of opponent and say, okay, I think Atlanta's doing a lot of the work to bring the winning percentage up. And I don't see any way this team doesn't end up in a wild card spot. The only question is, can you make it the top wild card seed and beating the giants in that series that you have uh, coming up near the end of the month is going to be a big part of that as well. And how you handle Atlanta is going to be key because you can't just like fall apart to them. It's just it's a very advantageous schedule for the Philadelphia Phillies the rest of the way. So while they have been kind of back and forth and you're like, you're not going to play the Nationals or the Royals every week. Well, you're not exactly playing the Braves every week either. You got them for a bunch, but there's no Dodgers. There's no Orioles anymore. There's no Rays. There's no um, there's some other top teams in the National League. I mean, you're not playing like the streaking Cubs who have been hot as of late you it's just not that difficult of a schedule, and that's because the National League isn't all that strong, and uh, you're not playing any of the juggernaut American League East teams. Besides your two games against the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays aren't exactly a juggernaut. They're a quality team. You can take one of two from them, maybe two of two. So that's a look forward at the schedule. If you haven't checked that out, take a peek yourself, and you'll see just scrolling through it like, oh, winnable series, winnable series, winnable series, winnable series. Okay, yeah, the Phils might be able to go on a good postseason push here. Not postseason in the postseason, but towards the postseason. Like, this is a good setup to be able to build momentum. It almost works out great, right, because you play the bad teams first. And then it gets a little bit tougher with the Braves sprinkled in there in September. But that's good because you want to ramp up against some tough competition as well while still having easy teams in between there to stack wins against. Frankly, I think it's the perfect setup for the end of season schedule for the Philadelphia Phillies. They just got to take care of business and they're still going to drop some games in there and they're still going to have frustrating losses in there at some points. But end of the day, the schedule, the numbers, everything points towards the Philadelphia Phillies being a lock playoff team at this point. And that's a good thing from where this team was, man, in April and May and even the early part of June before they really started rolling. So just to check in on the uh, games to come and everything there for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, coming up, we're going to talk off the poll. We're going to get into the question from yesterday, and I'm going to uh, read the responses and also share my thoughts about everything going on there. I want to let you know one more time, uh, you can catch Phillies Blue Jays 7.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you'll be able to pull up the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game. So go ahead and check that out. But, yes, wrapping up next with off the poll, the responses to a question about the biggest concern about the Philadelphia Phillies right now. And we'll get into that as we wrap up Lock on Phillies. Oh, but first, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off. I'm in a billion group chats about fantasy football leagues and all this other stuff. But the best way to win money is FanDuel. 
And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So let's say you bet on Philly and you want to bet on Philly to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they went last year. And let's say the Eagles go ahead and they uh, win 13 games this year. Well, you get bonus bets every time they win. Look at that. I mean, that's a lot of bo- 13 weeks of bonus bets every Sunday. You just pencil them in. Hey, I'm basically getting money back here on this. You just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So simple, so easy, so kind of able to do that for you. They don't have to, but that's why they're the best, and that's why we love them as our partners here on Locked On. And you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Go ahead and check them all out, and it's the best place to go ahead and take care of bets during football season or otherwise. So go ahead and give them some love. All right, let's get into off the poll. Off the poll, if you're not familiar with the segment, we haven't done uh, as much this season because there's been uh, a lot more uh, going on with the Philadelphia Phillies and the higher payroll and all that stuff than last year when they were kind of middling through half the season. Bottom line, off the poll, what it is is I put a poll question out on Twitter. Got a bunch of responses to the question. I haven't given you my thoughts yet, but we have the final results here. I'll read you the question, and I'll share my thoughts and what you all had to say about it. So the -the off-the-poll question, what is your biggest concern with the Phillies right now? A couple of options. Schwarber struggles, Rob Thompson's lineups, Nola struggles, Aaron Nola, that is, and uh, injuries, whether they're current injuries or the potential for wear and tear in the future, anything like that. So injuries brought up the rear. 14% 14% of voters have voted for injuries. And I get that. Uh, the team has been, I wouldn't say healthy this year, but they haven't been demolished by injuries. And they're getting healthier. It seems most of the injuries outside of the Reese Hoskins one, the guys are going to be able to come back from this year. And Hoskins even seems to be progressing towards baseball activity for maybe a postseason run. Who knows? Something to keep an eye on as we get closer to October. But I get injuries being the last one. Kyle Schwarber's struggles was included on here because I've had a lot of people tweeting me upset about Kyle Schwarber's performance. Only 20% of responders said Schwarber's struggles were their biggest concern right now. That's uh, third place in the rankings. Rob Thompson's lineups, which I guess those two kind of go hand in hand, but that got 22% of the vote. Thompson's responsible for Schwarber being at the top of the lineup and playing him as much as he does. So I guess those kind of go together. Uh, But you could even combine those two, the 20% and the 22% from Schwarber struggles and Thompson's lineups, and you wouldn't reach our winner, which is Aaron Nola struggles at 44%. That is where I voted as well, was on the Aaron Nola struggles one. 44% of responders, here's why I agree with you, all right? I still look at starting pitching as the most important thing come October. Offense is great. Offense is fun. Going ahead and hitting a bunch of home runs and scoring a bunch of runs and putting up 13 on the Twins in the first game of the last series the Phillies played, that's all well and good. But in October, you can have hot offense. When you get to the big dance, the World Series, the Fall Classic, you're going to run into a team out of the American League that has really good starting pitching. Probably before that, you're going to. And the rotation that's healthy and hot is the one that normally rolls through. I mean, think about last year. Wheeler was going good because you rested him. Nola was at some of his best we've ever seen. Ranger Suarez was looking really good. Noah Syndergaard was giving you spot starts. And those guys were all really good, but you just didn't have the depth. And you got to a point where you're facing the Astros, who had good pitching, but also had depth and good pitching. If Aaron Noll is not there, this whole six-man rotation thing goes out the window because one of the six stinks. You might as well just have five. 
So he needs to figure stuff out. And if he can, it could be a huge boost to this team. So I totally agree with where you folks are at on the struggles there. So that's off the poll. That's your thoughts. Appreciate everyone who chimed in there. Always love to check in with the fan base. And that's also all for today's episode of Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure, again, rating, reviewing, wherever you consume your podcast, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. And uh, while you do that, I'm going to be settling in to watch tonight's game. But that's all for today's episode. I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.